Welcome back to the Charlotte Angel Connection, the Charlotte area podcast linking entrepreneurs, investors, and the broader Charlotte community. As you know, our goal here is to interview the individuals who are building, shaping, and influencing entrepreneurship in the Charlotte region so you can stay invested in Charlotte's growth. Today, we're fortunate to have Seth Twitty joining us. Seth has been a friend to the entrepreneurial community over the course of the last several years. Um, before that, he had a, a long, I won't say too long, just a nice career um, in the corporate world, uh, spending a large amount of his time with IBM, where he first met Maggie and Sebastian Williams, who, as many of you know, are the co-founders of Skippy, Charlotte's rapidly growing dog walking app. Um, I'm not sure if I'm doing this introduction right or not, but Seth stumbled into being an angel investor several years ago and has found himself investing in several great companies and has had a couple nice early wins. He's also an investor in idea funds, so he's invested directly into companies as well as through the fund. More recently, Seth and I have been working on educating folks about early stage investing through a bi-monthly event we do at places across Charlotte. Um, Obviously, if you're interested, you can email either one of us, and we'll be happy to drop you an invite to it. So, Seth, long introduction, but thanks so much for finally joining me on the show. I'm excited to actually get invited. (laughs) So I told Seth when we were talking about this last week, I said, Seth, I want you on the show. And he was like, how come? I said, you're the perfect... um, the perfect prospect for an angel fund here in Charlotte. You're, you had a nice corporate career. Charlotte's a corporate town. You're smart. You're motivated. You got some spare cash, and you like to make money. Um, ideally, making money is kind of top priority, but making money by investing through Charlotte would be a really cool thing to do. You're a Charlotte native, um, and you've, you're willing to take risk by doing it. Um, neither one of us are Mark Cuban, and none of the angel investors here in Charlotte are Mark Cuban. So uh, just to sit down and talk about your experience and what you've learned, I thought would be a great thing. Um, so let's dig in by talking about some of your, your, um, your opportunities. First, I guess, how'd you stumble into it? Um, back alley, what'd you do? How'd you, how'd you find your first opportunity? This is a long story. William, but we're here for we're here for long stories. Okay, Uh, the short version is um, I was looking for growth. Right, I've been huge corporate America for 20, 25 years. Worked for very large clients as a consultant. Um, Loved what I did, but I really didn't like the corporate America. It it became wearing, and uh, when I left, I was looking for a. Essentially, growth was the single word that I was uh, went out looking for. It's a good thing to look for. It is. Um, particularly, as I said, not too long into, but a, a fairly uh, lengthy career. And I essentially went looking for PE firms and VC firms so I could be the mature leader in their pro- portfolio companies. Yep. Um, that didn't work out too well. Where'd you look? Um, well, I, essentially, you can find... VC firms here locally. Yeah. Um, try to do some connections. Um, but interestingly, one of the things I started doing was found Packer Place and uh, started hanging out at Packer Place. Okay. I, I came to learn. Yeah. Uh, I think it was mostly because of how I was dressed and a little bit of the gray hair. Everyone started seeing me as the guy with the money. 
okay. as opposed to me looking for money guys. Yeah. Um, and that's where it started and uh, basically being in 2012. Okay, so, to that, so you were here kind of ground floor of Packer Place then? Yep, pretty early. So what... Um, how long was it that you'd been showing up and people started recognizing you as, uh, um, as she put it, as the money guy, um, before you invested in your first company? Do you remember? Uh, it was a little bit um, shady. I wanted, one of the people that I met very early, I used him as an advisor, was okay. Greg Brown, who's okay. the administrator of Charlotte Angel Fund. Yeah. Um, and my first initiative was not placing bets on the company, essentially. It really was, um, I created my own company. Okay. Looking for growth, 2012, I found uh, spray foam and air barrier. Okay. There was an operator in Charleston that was essentially looking for funding, wanted to move residential spray foam and air barrier to the commercial sector. Yeah. And we launched a uh, Fix America, which was a spray foam and air barrier business. Okay. Uh, that kid brought me to Charleston a lot um, and was very successful. The, the, uh, within a year, had a successful exit okay. in the first uh, business. Um, as I was starting to... What was your background in spray foam? Zero. How do you take that leap? Growth. Growth. Again, I'll keep going back to that word. Essentially, there was some new regulation that required all government and um, offices, federal yeah. uh, buildings, so think military bases, schools, other buildings like that, to be upgraded and all built new with, with the air barrier. Okay. And so there was going to be big demand. Yeah. And it was, I ran into it. Okay. Ran into the uh, second one, as you said. How did I uh, look? I essentially was looking for the next business. Yep. Uh, this so you you sold out of the first out of the airphone business. Unsolicited, got an offer which knocked my socks off, and yeah. I took it. Do you know how it's doing today? Just out of curiosity. Struggling. Struggling. So nice timing on your exit. The operator yeah. basically said. Except the guy had money but wasn't involved in all at all. Yeah. So without your attention, which you were maniacally focused on, yeah. Uh, I screwed it up. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. It happens, right? Yeah. So something um, we'll talk about later on. It always always goes back to team, right? It always it, goes back to team. Execution and team. Yeah. Um, so your second one, so you've exited from your first one, you're yep. stumbling around with now a little bit more spare change in your pocket? I would say conscious stumbling. Yeah. I'm not quite completely you, wandering. You found a way, you found your way to walk at that point in time, yeah. right? Yeah. I was, uh, one of those was actually a, looking at parking lot management. Okay. A, a, there was a person out of Wilmington, a lady uh, that was building a franchise. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to early franchisors that would help influence the franchise organization. And you know, a word we'll probably again talk about, pivot. Yeah. Uh, she introduced me to these young guys in a garage that were building some cool software. Okay. And uh, I went and saw them having a technology background. I essentially, after saying hello to them for half an hour and them showing what they have, Sent them a five-page critique of their software. Yeah, that's awesome. 
That ended up leading to an angel investment in what is now Passport. Okay. Um, was involved getting engaged, and a lot of this was actually, and I still have uh, tried to get involved with the company. That was never successful, but yeah. um, Passport has gone from three guys in a house over by East Mecklenburg High School to yeah. 20,000 square feet here downtown. Yeah, they got a nice spot. About $50 million in funding. Could be the next Charlotte's next unicorn. Should be. Should it's, be. Yeah, it's well on its way anyways. Mr. Yoakum, if you're listening, make <laughs> that happen. Make it happen. That's right. So um, so from there, you just continue to kind of grow within and around the Charlotte Angel scene. Yeah. I, some of this is give back. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I had no involvement until 2011, 12 in directly in any type of uh, entrepreneurial startups. Mm -hmm. We did, and I got, I was interested in helping small startups at IBM that had new ideas, bringing them to mostly financial services. Yeah. Um, but I never, outside of knowing that they often had successful exits, wasn't involved in it at all. Yeah. Um, so I could see it on the horizon, but again, after these couple of successful exits, I was still essentially looking for uh, a role with one of these, with a growth company. Yeah. Um, starting a business is not easy, no matter what you do, even yeah. if it's a franchise. And um, so I kind of was learning through that, my stumbling, Yeah. and um, found out I didn't want to start another company in yeah. all likelihood. Um, I have more than half for two-thirds of my career down, and I didn't want to have to reset, hit the yeah. reset button. So as you know, we I've been looking for that sweet spot high-growth company that still has a lot of the uh, startup um, mentality and um, was looking for that. And a way to get stay engaged to advise was to advise firms. I'm a, um, a mentor in QC FinTech, yep. a couple of them nationally, and... Uh, also looking for uh, businesses that might I might get engaged in, whether that is through investment or through sweat equity. So last, late last year, you 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 um, you found that first opportunity, right, with a growth um, kind of a, a growth company where you've been for a little while. Yeah. Um, so early on, I, there's actually a period in between there. If okay. I uh, yeah, a all means. In the early days, I made my own investments. As you had said, it was uh, a lot of success. I did probably didn't realize when I got into it how much risk I, there was. Yeah. But I also realized I was uh, probably above the average, batting average. Yeah. And um, I first went looking for some professionals to manage um, the next bet and also get visibility to what I now understand is called deal flow. Yeah. Lots of lose, lots of small companies. Um, and I found uh, some gentlemen, which is the Idea Fund, yep. and ended up uh, making a limited partnership investment in Idea Fund 2. When did you do that? 2013 is right after the passport. Okay. It, it was, they were just getting early success. Yeah. Um, and I said... I'm interested, still looking to find companies, spending time at Packer Place and a few other startup uh, community meetings. Not probably a third as many as there are today. Yeah. 
um, in a much smaller community, more of the same faces. Yeah. Um, so investing in Passport, as I, um, one of the things I did was a operating partner here in Charlotte is Chris Halligan, who yep. many people know. Chris got engaged with Pazer. I kind of picked up the operating partner hat here in Charlotte. Okay. Um, so that helped them with uh, identifying companies here locally. They are out of Durham, uh, for those of you who don't know. Um, helped them with identification of new investors, which led to our education series that we do, mm -hmm. that you'd mentioned. And uh, <coughs> third was essentially advising portfolio companies. Um, so I was doing that until it, it was actually the beginning of this year. Okay. Um, that I found a mature fintech, 10-year-old um, company out of Silicon Valley that sells financial crime software to banks, which okay. has been a lot of my career. Yeah, um, it's a good sweet spot. It is. It's always uh, it always there, always demand. Yeah, no, it's not going um, away for sure. Exactly. So um, I joined them in February, March of okay. this year. Um and essentially was helping them with sales and product development. Um, but this is a company that had been through their funding rounds mm -hmm. and essentially is in the, okay, let's grow. The founders had just been replaced by new management team. Okay. And um, How'd you find that? Professional network from my former life. Okay. I, uh, you know, somebody I'd worked with that had been a junior salesman, now was leading sales. Yeah. Uh, he actually told me the first time I f talked to him, which was because of a posting on a job board, yeah. that he was looking for a bag-carrying salesman, and I wasn't that type of guy, yeah. and called me back two months later as they were looking to expand their market yeah. into larger banks and different kind of software. Okay. So you've been there since March or February, March, and yep. now all of a sudden you've got a new, new opportunity mm -hmm. that you're going to pursue. Really excited. Um, loved this company, which is the uh, name of the current uh, firm is Guardian Analytics. Unless you're connected with banks, you probably don't hear it and know about them. Um, you probably have never heard, or for those on the listening to this, will never have heard the uh, firm that kind of tapped me on the shoulder. Again, in a very uh, convoluted way, um, as I had said a minute ago, I came into uh, Packard Place looking to get connected to growth companies. Yeah. One of those was an advisor in the QC FinTech program. Um, about a month, and, month and a half ago, I was uh, called by somebody I knew from my IBM days, and he said, I got this great company. They're Singapore-based. They want to get into financial crimes. Um, they want to have an office in Charlotte, Seth, and I want you to come work with me at that firm. Yeah. The firm's name is Tukataki. Uh, for the for few of you who have heard it, it was part of QC FinTech Class 7. Okay, yeah. That I had heard the name, but that was about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, nine months ago, it was not at all impressive even to me, and I actually talked to one of the founders. Okay, yeah. That's funny. Um, it is. So this comes back. I end up meeting the, uh, the other founder and find out that they are actually a little more mature than most of the QC FinTech classes yeah. or companies. They have gone through an A round of funding. 
and essentially we're looking to hire instead of predominantly equity, actually hire a management team in the U.S. to get to the B round and yep. enter the U.S. market. So six years of searching for growth, you became an angel investor, had several really nice opportunities, and found a growth company to work for and, and maybe finish out the, um, the last leg of the career. That would be awesome to help make the success in Charlotte, to help make personally me a success, and yeah. uh, be able to go play more golf. <laughs> be able to play more golf. Your golf game could use it for sure. <laughs> Thanks, William. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> Um, so, um, go back to Seth in 2012, um, or maybe 2011, and you tell him that he's about to get off the, off the airplane, of uh, you know, constant travel with big consulting and everything else. And he's about to, to stumble into, um, becoming an angel investor, um, and eventually working for a young company that's probably no more than two years old. Um, at a at a young age in 2018, um, what does that 2011 person tell you? You mean the 2018 person tell? No. What does your 2011 person tell you today that you just did that? Oh, um, I thought it was be a lot easier. So, you know, it's a longer haul, and actually, I think a lot of people that have lived in corporate life. Um, there, there, it's a little more of known paths. Yeah. And in the innovation startup world, there's, you know, failure's a good thing. You yeah. always try things. You're always looking to pivot um, in a sense and respond kind of reactiveness. That was actually, I think, looking back, very difficult. And I would probably say you need to be ready for that. It, it It's... I use the word frightening for me, probably, with a little more experience. Um, you have to have a lot of confidence. You, I say you're going the right direction, even though you aren't sure exactly what direction you're going. Yeah. It, you're aiming not at a point on the horizon, but a, you know, a quadrant on the horizon. Yeah. What, um, I didn't appreciate that. Yeah. So, um, great corporate career, um, successful, everything else. What um what prepared you most? What did you learn most from the corporate world that's made you successful in this world? Um, and I'll say successful. I mean, I th- again, I think two exits, and I think fi- finding a the opportunity that you found in Charlotte isn't an easy thing to find. It's, it was next to impossible in 2012, which is the reason it's taken you a few years. It's probably a little bit easier from this point going forward than it was this point looking back. I'd agree. Um, but still, somebody that's, you know, call them the Ivory Towers or whatever you want to call them here in Charlotte, stepping out or thinking about doing something similar, um, they've got some strengths that are applicable in this world. Um, what carried you? Yeah. So, th- there's actually a few charts that are really interesting in the internet around uh, the type of person that is good in startup mode as opposed to corporate. Yeah. I mean, in general, the, s- the smaller the company, the more willing you have to be to do everything, yeah. right? Whatever it takes to get to the next step. Um, in the role I was in, I had sales responsibility. I had uh, con- doing contracts general managing a budget, you know, or a team and a team, growing that team. So I had a fairly broad set of, I use the word business skills. Yeah. 
I think that helped. Um, most startups in general, they are either technology or marketing kind of folks that have really good creative ideas. They don't have the business sense to understand the economics mm -hmm. of a market, and that's clearly a lot of the money people are very focused on um, if, if you execute well, can, is this, do the economics make sense, yeah. right? It may be a new model, but it still comes down to making a profit, right, and a return long term. So that was probably the biggest single um, thing I brought to the table was truly understanding, if you will, unit economics, how to make a profit over a period of time, total cost of whatever. Um, the other thing that I think my, not everyone might have was being a, taking as a con, practice leader in consulting, um, you know, wore a lot of hats. Yeah. And that also helped me that I enjoyed doing lots of different things. What hindered you the most? What was the biggest, what's the biggest handicap coming out of a big corporation to looking in the growth space and ultimately landing with a startup? Good question. Um, I try. <laughs> so the, the, the obvious one is support structure that you have, right? You got a few more dollars behind you in a big corporation? Yeah, you know, you, you might, at IBM, I used to say, one of the acronyms used to be, I've been moved. And in the last decade, it's more of I'm by myself. Yeah. So even though you're by yourself, you're still within a $100 billion company that has 300,000 people globally. There's a lot there, right? Even if it's stuff you hate, it's yeah. still a lot of structure. Um, but the thing I would tell you is hindered the absolute most, which I think is a going to be an interesting shift in business, in the economy, global economy over the next 10 to 20 years, is the concept of budgets and having to be successful versus failing many times and fail fast, you hear often, yeah. or fail forward concepts to you know get to the right ideas. I think corporate America, you are built in this cycle of I have a certain amount of money and it is not ultimately about how great you are ultimately, but it's for the next cycle, accounting yeah. cycle, or quarter, or annual budget cycle. And it makes you have behaviors around that. For example, if you don't use all your budget, you won't get more budget next year, so yeah. you do things to spend all your budget, right? Um, I was didn't have a lot of budget per se, but I always worked in that cycle. Yeah. And that mentality is becomes highly ingrained. And it is very difficult to, I think it's to be conscious of it, number one. And number two, do something about it differently. Yeah. Um, I always thought if I failed, you said I was successful. Yeah. I always thought if I had failed at it, I would be the outcast, right? Yeah. And five years later, if I look back again, tell my former self, I mean, most people that are entrepreneurs love that they fail. They yeah. learn from it and get excited and move on. And I have a lot more of that than I did in five years ago, and I love it. Yeah. Would you say that's what you've learned the most then? Um, probably. is definitely in the top few. 
Yeah. What's your wife think? 2011, you tell her, hey, listen to this, this, this great idea I've got. Well, Packer Place didn't have a lot of meaning to her until yeah. Ink and Ivy opened. And then, oh, it's the Ink and Ivy building. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Um, and she had a hard time understanding when we'd have pitch breakfasts and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, she is not an entrepreneur. She actually kind of likes that a little more of a creative. I found a lot of breweries and, as yeah. you know, in other creative areas in Charlotte yeah. um, because of it. She thinks that's a great thing, as do I. Um, but I was on the plane, and now I'm more in Charlotte, and generally she thinks it's a good thing, and I have a little more flexibility in the uh, work I was doing and that kind of stuff. So in general, I think she just thinks it's a positive if you work life balance. Were you? So I mean, I've only known um, investor, um, entrepreneur ecosystem, Seth. Right, it's the only person I've ever known. Um, it almost seems like you had to have been caged your entire career, right? I mean, your um, your ability to move in and out of things is. Do you feel that way? Do you feel like the corporate war, like you were just waiting to break out of it? Um, no. No? I, so I tell people, right, um, if you live for 20 years in IBM, you don't have to know IBM more than it's a massive corporation. Yeah. Um, for me to be there for 20 years meant that I, at some level, relish in that structure and operation and ticking and tying and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Um, so there's a lot of that that is safety and and personally I enjoy. Yeah. But having said that, yes, there was always this, there's something else, and I want to be able to change, I use the word agility, yeah. and the lack of really being able to drive growth. Um, and again, I'm, I'm not bashing IBM. IBM, if you want to know what the future is going to be like, yeah. look at their forward-thinking material. Yeah. Their ability to execute is struggled, but it's an amazing company from always knowing where the world's going to go. Yeah, no, you're um, right. They've done a great job. So, I actually I think one of the benefits for growth companies that most people don't have is um, you've been in any job for a while, you get labeled, yeah. right? And even if you have other skills, it's hard to often use the career change. Yeah. Um, I had that label, and I was seen, I think, by a lot of young companies as, as inflexible. Yeah. Um, and really, this is about being able to do lots of things yeah. and having the flexibility. Well, shoot, you've done it the last six years, Seth. I mean, again, you've invested in two companies. You're a mentor for QC FinTech. You helped with, um, I believe you helped with uh, Pitch Breakfast. You were, um, I don't know if you got FinSounders off the ground or if you oh, were yeah. just one of those people that was right, like, number two in line, but... Um, you, I mean, your activity in this space over the course of the last, last six years would tell you you're not inflexible at all. And I'll probably get 20 calls out as a result of this, and uh, <laughs> I already have two jobs now, so I'm not in the market. Um, I don't know if that was my own feeling or, yeah. or the way, you know, how much was reality versus perception. Yeah. Um, I, but if you're listening to this, a lot of, I'd say, I, mind, I assume, typical in that corporate world to go back to making the leap. I've actually had a number of uh, 
talks about this of bringing people in to you know say is it a good thing for you for yeah. them to be an investor or if you had an idea to get into a startup. Um, Finsiders, you mentioned, had an early uh, uh, panel on yeah. that topic. Um, it is a big change, and usually there's a surprise. Yeah. Um, and as long as, you know, I'd say the earlier the better, as long as you have a lot of passion and are willing to do lots of things, it is something that I would encourage anyone to take. Yeah. Well, gosh, no. I mean, life has surprises, though, right? And you work for a big company. Next thing you know, somebody gets promoted into your manager, and that's a surprise. It's just a different type of surprise, though. People get anybody, right? Uh, I get it. It's hard to change course. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, So what do you tell people that come to you and say, Seth, you're inspiring. Um, You know, what you've done over the course of the last six years is fantastic. It's a ride that I love to take. Um, do you tell them to stay seated or do you tell them to go? Oh, no. no. I tell them to, well, I tell them to jump if I was in their shoes, yeah. but everyone's an individual and yeah. it's a big leap. Yeah. Um, you know, in our investor education, I think that's an easier way to do it, yeah. right? If you're in one of the big towers and you have a comfortable corporate job and you want to be involved, there's neighborhood I live in, lots of doctors and architects and they have a day job and, you know, often don't look on how to invest. That's usually when I say, look, carve out a little bit that is higher risk. And, you know, a lot of people think of flipping real estate. This this is, you can be involved and you can be involved in hands-off ways or you can be involved in very hands-on ways, right? Um, a lot of these small startups in Charlotte are looking for advisors, uh, fractional marketing uh, agents and the like. Yes, they are. Um, we're drawing on our clothes. Um, and first session was really great just to kind of talk about your um, what got you here and kind of that winding path that you took. Talk about passport, talk about the um, spray foam um, business involvement in the in the entrepreneurial community and whatnot. Next one, I want to um, I can I want to look forward a little bit um, and talk about the opportunity that you have with Tukataki. Um, and I want to talk a little bit more about maybe how people would explore coming down a similar path as you. Um, and then I want to talk a little bit about the Charlotte ecosystem as well. So um, all things that I think at this stage in the ballgame you've got excellent insight into. Um, so it'll be fun to kind of shoot the breeze with you a little bit. But, um, you know, again, thanks for carving out you know, what will end up being an hour and a half of your time today to kind of sit down and shoot the breeze. I enjoyed the first part. I know most of the story, but I always learn something new every time you talk. So thanks for sitting down. Appreciate it. Look forward to it. William Bissett is an investment advisor representative with Seacrest Blakey & Associates, a registered investment advisor. Opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect those of Seacrest Blakey & Associates. The topics discussed and opinions given are not intended to address the specific needs of any listener.
Seacrest Blakey and Associates does not offer legal or tax advice. Listeners are encouraged to discuss their financial needs with the appropriate professional regarding your individual circumstance. Investments described herein may be speculative and may involve a substantial risk of loss. Interests may be offered only to persons who qualify as accredited investors under the Securities Act and a qualified purchaser as defined in Section 2A, Paragraph 51, Line A, under the Company Act or an eligible employee of the management company. There generally is no public market for the interests. Prospective investors should particularly note that many factors affect performance, including changes in market conditions and interest rates, and other economic, political, or financial developments. Past performance is not and should not be construed as indicative of future results.